Ladies and gentlemen, we present The Big Business Lark by Laurie Wyman and starring Jimmy Edwards, Frank Thornton, and Gwen Cheryl. Apart from its managing director and chairman, Sir Charles Boniface, a business like uh, British United Plastics has many other unpredictable problems. Unfortunately, when it's up to a man like Sir Charles to solve them, these problems rapidly become disasters. It's usually at this point that he loses interest in the whole mess, pretends it doesn't exist, then hands it over to somebody else to try to sort out. If by any chance they succeed, he grabs the file back and swears blind he solved the whole thing unaided. Usually he fires the poor devil who really did all the work in case they put the boot in at the next board meeting. Well, one of these tricky little problems is about to blow up in his face this week, but at the moment he is his usual sweet, calm, pleasant, kindly self. All right, where the hell is everybody? If somebody doesn't answer in ten seconds, I'll lock all the loos and swallow the keys. <laughs> Oi, Edith! Frank, anybody, come on out. I refuse to be abandoned. I'm so sorry to keep you, Sir Charles. You probably will be, Edith. What happened? Why didn't you answer my buzzer? Oh, I meant to tell you, sir. You short-circuited your little buzzer last night. <laughs> yes, well, I think I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. I'm certainly not feeling any pain. Oh, it's not dangerous. It was merely that you stabbed and thumped at it so much yesterday, it only buzzes in your office now. It doesn't buzz in mine. Well, that's very handy, isn't it? That means the only person I can send for is me. <laughs> yes, that's right. The rest of us have never had it so peaceful. Watch it, watch it. Any more cracks like that and I shall nip out to buy an enormous great handbell. I shall ring it in your delicate flower-like ear holes every time I want something. Oh, I'd rather you didn't. I have sent for the electrician. Oh, splendid. Did he give any indication as to when he might care to drop in? Uh, well, no, not exactly. But you're on his list. Oh, how kind, how kind. <laughs> what a pity he didn't specify an exact time. I mean, I'd like to serve him with cocktails personally. <laughs> well, he has got a lot to do, Sir Charles. So have I! And I can't do it without my beastly buzzer. If I may say so, Sir Charles. I doubt it, but risk your pension if you like. <laughs> well, your buzzer might have been attended to a bit quicker if you hadn't made the other two staff electricians redundant. I think Ernie, the only one we've got left, is trying to prove a point. Oh, is he? Well, then I'll prove a point. Pass me that paper knife. That'll do as a screwdriver. Now, honestly, Sir Charles, I don't think it's a terribly good idea. Nonsense. Well, oh, take a minute. Probably only a loose wire or a bad connection. Get out of light, woman. You're all over the place. Ah, there we are. Got the cover off. Now then, uh, there you are. Look, a wire off. What did I tell you? You didn't tell me where it's come from. Well, it's obvious, isn't it? It should be in this little terminal over here. Look, it won't take a minute. Oh, I can't wait to see blasted Ernie's face when I tell him I didn't need him after all. <laughs> Hold the paper knife while I put the wire in that little terminal. Mr. Charles, I really don't think you oh, could... shut up, shut up. I'm concentrating. Now, then. There we are. That should do it. Just tighten up the screw. And there we are, all done. Well, haven't you better see if it works? Oh, yes, I suppose so. Listen at the door to make sure it works in your office when I press the buzzer. All right. Well, I'm ready when you are. Right. Here goes. <laughs> Stop! What? Stop! <laughs> Who the hell did that? 
you did. I realized that I'm only a helpless, impractical woman. But I was sure that that wire was the one to the mains. Oh, don't gloat. It's flaming will hurt. Ah. Oh, poor little hand. Ah. My buzzer stabber will never be the same. <laughs> Shall I get some bandages? A splint or a sling? Yes, you do, and I'll tie you up in them and hang you up on my hat rack for a month. <laughs> Good morning, Father. Good morning, it is. Good morning. Do either of you know why all the lights in the building just went out? <laughs> Probably a power cut, I should think. And I know who cut it. Shut up. <laughs> oh, no, he hasn't been do-it-yourselfing again, has he? Well, it wasn't my fault. Beastly thing was obviously incorrectly wired up in the first place. Edith, what did he attack? His buzzer. And it also attacked him. <laughs> you just never learn, do you? Last time you blacked out three towns and melted your penknife. <laughs> well, what the hell? I mean, I had another one? Yes. You borrowed it from me and I still haven't got it back. Well, I, I didn't think you'd want it back. I mean, what good is a penknife with no blades? <laughs> it had blades when you borrowed it. Oh, but I thought I'd sharpen it a little, you see. <laughs> I, th I think I must have got carried away because the blade sort of <laughs> disappeared. Oh, dear. If you use an emery wheel, it must be as bald as your Brinner. <laughs> no, but it is a lot smaller and thinner than it was. Right, Edith, phone up the electrician and ask him if he's finished teaching me a lesson yet. Always provided you didn't blow him up at the same time as you blew everything else up. It was only one little wrong wire in one little wrong hole. That is all it takes. Well, I'll try and locate Ernie straight away, sir, but he may be just the tiniest bit busy. Thanks to you, Father. Oh, oh, very well. Be like that, the pair of you. Just see if I offer to help you next time. I'll do. Don't bother to tell me. It was him again, wasn't it? Who the flesh? Ernie. I'd have been here sooner. You blew the lift fuses as well. I've had to walk up dozens of flights of stairs trying to find out where you'd stop the fellowship. Now, look here, my man. May I remind you that I am the managing director and chairman of this company? Well, if you're that flaming clever, you ought to know better than a medal. <laughs> Curse of my trade, you enthusiastic amateurs. <laughs> Two yards of flicks, a plug and a light bulb, and you'll think you're Michael Faraday. <laughs> What did you touch? Well, nothing much, but my buzzer wouldn't buzz. We did ring for you, Ernie, but you weren't in your... Uh, 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 whatever it is we keep you. Exactly. All I did was to reconnect a loose wire. You what? I reconnected a wire in the... Oh, well, that's it then, isn't it? I take it you do have a union card, brother? <laughs> Certainly not. I'm also delighted to inform you that not only am I not your brother, I'm not even a distant relative. Now make my buzzer buzz and then buzz off yourself. Oh, no, you've had that. I'll have to convene with Transport House on this one. Oh, now, steady on, Ernie. You know Father doesn't understand about union matters. That I do. What's more, so do my two mates, what he said. Made redundant is the correct phrase, I guess. Well, it was still half an hour before they got another job, wasn't it, mate? <laughs> I trust the several years' redundancy pay compensated for their tremendous loss of wages. Well, it helped a bit. Oh, about 200 quid each and it helped a bit. 
The mind boggles at how they must have suffered. Why didn't they apply for unemployment benefits for the half hour as well? <laughs> well, probably because the office was shut. <laughs> now we can all stop waffling, please, and get my buzzing back buzzing. Sorry. No. For the time being, I'm black in this office. Uh, would it help if I pointed out that the buzzer doesn't belong to the firm? It's father's personal property. That's right. The one the company supplied wasn't loud enough for him. It was for me, but not for him. Ah, well, uh, it's different. I suppose I could repair it for you privately. I'd have to send you a bill. I trust you'll have no objection to doing this private job for me in the company's time. No, 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 of course not. It's all in the family, as you might say. No, once and for all, I deny any relationship with you, utterly and completely. <laughs> Just make my buzzer buzz and buzz. Off. Don't you want an estimate? Estimate what? Don't call me mate. <laughs> estimate. Oh, no, I don't want an estimate. No, no pity. Estimates is extra. Oh, it never stops, does it? Hello, the phone's still working. At least you didn't blow that up as well. Sir Charles Boniface's office. Board of Trade here. Mr. Stokes' office. He was wondering if Sir Charles and his son could come here straight away. Uh, well, I think Sir Charles can. And by the sound of your voice, I'm dead certain Mr. Frank will. <laughs> oh, good. It's about that order to supply the Russians with polystumer tents. So perhaps they could bring details of the relevant position. Them. Certainly. Uh, one moment, please. I'll just check that they are available. By all means. Oh, I wish I had a voice like that. It must be worth at least four free dinners a week. <laughs> I'm still here, Mrs. Charles. May we be permitted to know what is going on, please? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Mr. Stokes wants to know if you and Mr. Frank could see him at his office straight away. It's to do with the Russian polystumer tent order. Oh, I knew it. I knew that one was going to drop us in the proverbial... All right, we'll be there in about a quarter of an hour. Oh, good morning, Mr. Boniface. Mr. Stokes is ready to see you. Is Sir Charles with you? He's right behind me. <laughs> Bullseye. <laughs> Next time I'm around, I should keep your little swivel seat on your little swivel seat. Don't you worry, I will. Mr. Frank, go straight in, please. Mr. Stokes is expecting you. Oh, thank you. Oh, good morning, chaps. I believe you know the Russian trade representative, El Igor here. Greetings from glorious people's workers to decadent capitalist top dog and son. <laughs> oh, how kind. Such a, such a pretty sentiment. Uh, what seems to be the trouble, Mr. Stokes? Your polystumer tense, old man. What? Old Igor here wants to know why you haven't delivered them. We must have done that. I mean, 500,000, wasn't it? Sir, up to now we have near nothing. What, what, what's he say? Roughly translated, we've got the contract, but we haven't delivered so much as a tent peg. That's the style, old man. Any thoughts at all? The PM's terribly concerned. Is he? Been reading the opinion polls again, has he? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I meant about this Russian order, old man. Uh, it puts me and the big fella in the cart in a way. Near the matter. Where are blooming tents? What? <laughs> 
Something seems to have gone wrong. I know I ordered them to be made by our Cardiff factory. Oh, splendid, splendid. Uh, <clears throat> forgive me for asking, old man, but one knows how these things can happen. I suppose you did arrange for them to be shipped to Russia. Oh, that's my department, old man. <laughs> and I did. They should have arrived a week ago. Yet nothing turned up. Only empty, bloated, capitalistic old boat at glorious people's superior and magnificent port. <laughs> no, no. I wonder where they've gone. Somebody somewhere is the happy and surprised owner of 500,000 polystumer tents. <laughs> well, of course, I, I, I knew this would happen. I mean, I should have attended to the whole thing myself. I should have obeyed my instincts. If you want a job done properly... Get somebody else to do it, then you can blame them if it turns nasty on you. <laughs> exactly. Now, Frank, you're supposed to be on my side. Obviously, Mr. Igor, uh, whatever your glorious people's name is. No, Grassino. Oh, bless you, bless you. <laughs> A lot of foreigners get one of those in our climate. Of course, we're all right. We have them all the time. Now, obviously, there's been some sort of slip-up somewhere. Duh. You and your company have dropped the conquer. <laughs> the word is clangor, actually. actually. Yeah, well, whatever it's called, you drop dirty great big one. <laughs> it does sum up the situation pretty well. I just can't understand it. I mean... I personally made sure that our Cardiff factory was geared to full concentration on this order. You what? Well, I, I reorganized the whole factory. I cut out all the non-production staff and engaged factory workers just to make sure that this order was manufactured on time. Oh, dear. Now what have you done? I just I told you. I just got rid of a few dozen clerks in order to take on more men for the factory floor, increased productivity and all that rubbish. Sir Charles, please remember where you are. Oh, Beg pardon, Harold. <laughs> Sorry, Barbara. <laughs> Just a slip of the tongue. And I think we'd better get down to Cardiff and see what other slips of the tongue have caused this mess. Duh. If Polish tomb attempts not delivered to Russia in two months, contract will be cancelled. <laughs> nice to have met us together, wasn't it not? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. What the hell is he talking about? I think he was saying that we just left. Oh, oh. for Cardiff. Not likely. I'm going back to the office for my visa and Welsh phrasebook first. And what else? To see if there's some idiot that I can send down there instead of me, just in case I have dropped a conquer. <laughs> That's my dad. <laughs> I still say it's one hell of a coincidence that not one other director was available to come up here instead of me. Poor old Coggins said he'd go. Oh, well, that stupid old troop would never have got here. When I told him it meant going to Cardiff, do you know what he said? He said to me, is it on the district or the northern line? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like old Coggins. What did you tell him? <laughs> I suggested he caught a 19 bus to the garage and then he could ask again. <laughs> Just as well he didn't take you seriously. Ah, we're here. Oh, this is the Cardiff factory, is it? You must have been here before, surely. Oh. Well, no, I mean, I just ring up to tell them to get on with it, and or I send memos saying that, no, they can't, whatever it is, you know. But you said you'd reorganize the entire factory. Factory for the entire... I wonder what all those men are doing hanging around the gates with those banners. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Students, probably, I say. In British United Plastics overalls? Eh? Oh, probably stolen, yes. Or 
They'll pinch anything these students these days. Either that or the overalls are substandard and they've bought them in some surplus store or something. <laughs> you know, don't you? Know what? What you've done. Your complete reorganization has started a complete strike. Oh, not. Read what's on that banner. Banner? Which? Oh, oh. That one. Oh, that one. It says something meaning with B, old Boniface. Well, crude luck. Pardon? Well, they spelt Boniface with only one N. They've got the something beginning with a B, right? <laughs> they would. What was that? One of your students tapping on your window with a penny. Well, how common. With a Rolls Royce, you think you at least have used half a crown. <laughs> I think you'd better let the window down or he'll use his sledgehammer. He does look a little bit touchy, doesn't he? How do you do? My name is... Uh... Yeah, don't you worry. We know who you are, Bach. <laughs> Bach? He was a musician, wasn't he? Wasn't <laughs> he one of the Beatles or something? <laughs> I'm sure our Welsh colleague will be delighted to meet such an obvious music lover. Yes, yes, yes. I play the tuba and the trombone and things. What about the harp? Doesn't make enough noise for him. Well, we're going to make enough noise for him, all right, see. Make no mistake about that. What's he talking about? Tell the fool that I haven't come all this way for a concert. You have, you know. You've got a ticket for the front row of the stalls. The world has gone mad. I just don't understand what anybody's saying anymore. Take your horrible, greasy elbow off my polished walnut. If you want to talk to me, stand up straight. If I do that, I'll be looking over the roof of your car. Good, then I can wang you one in the bread basket with my shooting stick. Pass that shooting stick over, Frank. I think I'll use the sitter-downer end. <laughs> At least to start with. <laughs> and a spokesman said that negotiations for the settlement of the British United Plastics strike at their Cardiff factory were going as well as could be expected, considering the managing director and chairman was there. That'll do, that'll do. Now, now, now what are all those idiots doing outside the gates of the factory? I mean, they make it look so untidy. Well, they're on strike, of course. They have been for a month. I hadn't heard a word about it. Well, this is ludicrous. An entire blasted factory shut down and head office knew nothing about it. Why didn't you inform us? We did. Sent you notice, all legal and proper. Oh, it'll be that old fool Coggins again, I'll bet you. Daft old twit will be sitting on it. <laughs> However, do you think it might be a good idea to find out what the men are striking about? Allow our money, of course. Well, there's a novelty. I suppose you want shorter hours as well. Well, how could we? None of us has worked one for a month as it is. He's got a point. Oh, sh shut up. Let's get into the factory and sort this out with the shop steward or whoever it is. I mean, with this order for the Russians in the balance, uh, I intend to find what idiot started this, this tomfool strike. I intend to deal with the clot. We must get into production again at once. <laughs> The deputation from the strikers are ready to meet you now, Father. Ah, how kind of them. Have you managed to find out what they're fussing about yet? Only that it concerns their wages and your reorganization of the factory. Uh, isn't that typical? They always stand in the way of progress. I haven't cut down the staff. I've only got rid of the non-productive shower. And I've replaced them with idiots who can earn us a bob or two. I uh, wouldn't advise you to use that as your point of argument with them. Well, what would you advise? Something like... The total output of financial reward remains constant, but redistributed through different units in the interest of further productivity and mutual gain. 
<laughs> That's very good. That you definitely got out of one of Harold's speeches. <laughs> I didn't actually, but he's bound to use it eventually. <laughs> uh, shall I show the deputation in? Yes, you might as well. The sooner I find the twit who started this, the sooner I can sack him. Uh, this way, please, ladies and gentlemen. The child is ready to shout at you now. <laughs> yes, and about time, too. Well, typical of the English, isn't it? Just as you'd expect the flaming foreigners. What? <laughs> Murder! We haven't even started negotiations, and you've already gone too far. Foreigners, indeed. Foreigners, the very idea. You should be taken to the tower and shot. Or left in the bell room of Big Ben until your bardic bonce bongs itself balmy. I'm glad to see we're off to a friendly start. I have a feeling I'm going to enjoy these discussions. You know what you do, don't you, Frank? You, you just take pot shots of people from the sidelines. Somehow you never get involved, but you snipe. Perhaps it's hereditary. Look, if you two have quite finished chatting amongst yourselves, perhaps you could hear what you're going to do about our wages. Not right, it's not, is it? Well, of course it's not. Hey, perhaps it is. <laughs> no, it isn't, is it? No, it's not. Now who's chatting amongst herself? <laughs> Madam British United Plastics are already paying above the average scale. Not to us, you're not. We couldn't be more below average. Oh, no, I think I must disagree with you there. Naturally, I've looked up the figure for the wages of this factory, and just for once in his life, Father is absolutely right. Mm, somehow in the middle of that sentence, I have a feeling there was a stab in the back. Well, begging your English pardon, Mr. Frank, but I fail to see how we can be receiving above average wages when we haven't received any at all. What? Pardon? Not for a month, we haven't. A month? But that's ridiculous. But also Charles authorised, because of this order for the tents the Russians want to buy, with extra factory staff. Instead of all the non-productive clerical staff, we were... We... Father? Well... Just which non-productive staff did you get rid of in your purge? Well, how should I know? I mean, I've never met the idiots. I mean, does it matter? I think it may. Uh, madam, may I ask why you were on strike in the simplest terms? Because we don't intend to work for nothing, of course. I knew it! <laughs> Would somebody mind telling me what the hell is going on? All the non-productive staff you sacked were in the accounts and wages department. <laughs> There's nobody here to pay the factory staff. That's why they're on strike. It's got to be a joke. I just wanted to get rid of all those steaming idiots who send me loads of old rubbish every time the post comes through. All that mucking triplicate about broken windows and... Worn out broom handles and funny something or others that won't flush, you know. I... <laughs> All the normal clerical staff are still here. Oh, they blasted what would be. Yes, and they're on strike with us. Well, why didn't somebody have the decency to write to me in London and tell me what had gone wrong so that I could sort it out? It's not much to ask, is it? It is when there's nobody to write to you because they're either on strike or you sacked them. <laughs> or, be, or, or they're on strike because you sacked them. Or because you sacked them, they're on strike. <laughs> Or because they're on strike, they... Uh, I wish I'd never started to answer the question. <laughs> don't we all? Now, look here. All we want to know is do we get our wages or don't we? But of course, of course. Don't get so exacerbated. Of course you do. This is, this is merely an interdepartmental error. Now, I shall be staying here overnight at one of the very, very best hotels. How about you and I having a little candle at dinner at a restaurant that I've been told about not far from here. He's off. <laughs> Never mind the business there's crumpet about. <laughs> oh, shut, shut. 
Listen, as I was saying, my dear, I feel we should look into this matter at greater length and in more detail on neutral ground. Actually, the ground that I have in mind isn't all that neutral. <laughs> it's more likely to be a fight to the fate worse than death, but I'm sure... But I'm not. Wages first. Snog up dirty. Oh, I do, I do, I do, I do indeed, yes. And in any case, no thanks. What? <laughs> the way she looked. Oh, I'm, I'm a rich man and you're an attractive girl. She's also my wife. <laughs> there are certain days in one's life when one just shouldn't get up. Yeah. <laughs> just so long as you don't stay in bed while you try to mend your electric blankets. Oh, you're so smug! <laughs> right, leave this to me. I shall return to London and I shall get this mess all sorted out. I shall re-engage office staff so that you can get back to work immediately. All right, then. We'll take your word for it. This time. Oh, you answer it, Frank. It might be a horrible horror. I've only just got over the last one. Hello, Frank Boniface speaking. Oh, Stokes Bot here, old man. Who? <laughs> oh, 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 Bot. Uh, board of Trade, yes. That's of course. Um, what can I do for you, Mr. Stokes? Oh, I just wanted to send my congratulations to your father for settling the strike at Cardiff. No, oh, it was nothing. After all, he was in on the ground floor. Uh, what do you mean? He started it. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Mr. Stokes. Oh, not at all. I'm delighted to hear that the jolly old Paulus Tumor tents are in full production again. Oh, that's understandable. At least it means something is. I say, tell you all, old man. Um, cherry by. Cherry by. And just for good measure, tootle pip. That was another one that I'm glad I missed, wasn't it? Yes. You know, there are times when I think I ought to sit in the country and just become a figurehead, you know. I doubt if you've got the correct vital statistics for it. <laughs> Don't be personal. The overall weights, lumps and bumps are all there, but they're uh, wrongly distributed. I shan't warn you again. <laughs> I mean, whoever heard of a buxom figurehead with measurements 37, 48, 59? <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Ow! <laughs> oh, that hurt. Yes. Good. Any more remarks about Sir's chubbiness and I'll start up a barrage. Now, where the blazes is Edith? Oh, it bit me. You've been messing about with it again. No, I haven't. I only unscrewed the cover to see which terminal Ernie had put the lead in to make it work. Oh, excuse me, sir. Why all the lights in the building have gone out? <laughs> yes, he does. He took the lid off his buzzer. It must have disturbed the wires. Oh, of course, I should have known. Give me that paper knife at once. I'm taking it away until you learn to behave. Now, Edith. At once. It was him again, wasn't it? <laughs> Bit of luck I was on the floor this time. All I, all I did was just take the top off it. Oh, no, you didn't, mate. You already nearly blew the top off the building. I don't understand you. Why? Who installed the blooming thing? Well, he, uh, if you must know, I sort of... Uh, it was a perfectly simple operation. I should have guessed. We all should. Right. Where's the fuse box? The fuse box? Well, it's, it's sort of over there. But at the time, I didn't have any fuse wire, so I sort of improvised and... Uh, and oh, hello. 
I don't know who you are, but you say me by the bell. You're who? And you're where? Then do us all a favor and stay there. Who was that? That was that daft old twit Coggins. <laughs> phoning from a telephone box outside the number 19 bus garage. <laughs> Apparently he's asked all the bus conductors, all the drivers, but none of them could tell him the way to Cardiff. Well, we know it all now, don't we? Hey, pardon? This fuse box. That's what baffled me before. I couldn't understand how you could black out the old flaming building with one nasty little buzzer. Your father is a big man, Ernie. He's capable of blacking out bigger buildings than this. Yes, evidently. But I, I, I told you I, I hadn't got any fuse wire, so I sort of improvised. I mean, it worked all right. I'm not surprised. Instead of a tiny piece of five-amp fuse wire, you used a six-inch nail. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it fitted, you see, and I happened to have one on me at the time. I mean, I carry things like that, you know, bits of string, elastic, the odd nut and bolt. I mean, you never know when a nut or a bolt is going to come in handy. Well, talking of elastic, Edith, if at any time you should happen to need some for your, you know... <laughs> well, it might not be long enough, but you could always try it for size, couldn't we? <laughs> Jimmy Edwards, Frank Thornton and Gwen Cheryl have been strike-breaking in the big business lark written by Laurie Wyman. Jimmy Edwards was Sir Charles Boniface, Frank Thornton was Frank Boniface, Gwen Cheryl was Edith Chalmers, Mr. Stokes was Alexander John, and the two Welsh strikers were played by Elizabeth Morgan and Nigel Graham. The show was produced by Alistair Scott Johnston. <laughs> <laughs>